good morning. It's good to see you. We're in the midst of a 10-week sermon series on the Ten Commandments. You might be wondering, where's Pastor Jeanette? Why am I watching a videotape of her? Well, the reason why is because today we're actually on the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment is honor your father and your mother. Remember the number five, like a handprint. Remember those precious handprints that people made in plaster for their mothers and fathers? So that's how you'll remember the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, because it looks like those plaster handprints, right? Well, today I am actually honoring my father and my mother. Today I am driving them. I'm chauffeuring them in our motor home. We're on our way to visit a longtime friend who was in their wedding party 72 years ago, and then we'll go on to visit my sister in Montana. And so I won't be there, but I have a lot of wonderful insights to share with you about what I've learned about honoring your father and your mother, and I'll talk to you more about it when we get to the office. Okay, so doing this sermon series, we want to review so that every week we remember, because by the end of this, you will be able to recite all Ten Commandments in order. So the first one was the number one, right? And we see, did you see this that Becky made? It's out in the narthex. Number one with the one, right? The one finger, God is number one, pointing to heaven, right? God is number one. The second one looks like the number two with somebody kneeling in prayer. We worship only God. We don't worship idols. No idols. We worship only God. Number three is how do we use our lips, right? We don't use the name of God in vain. We don't misuse God's name. We use our lips, our words to honor God, right? The number four then is like a chair, right? You take the four and you flip it upside down. You have a chair and you sit down and rest on it for Sabbath, right? So we honor the Sabbath and we keep it holy. And then today, number five, right? Just like the handprints. Uh, does anybody have one? Anybody out there? Do you have a handprint? Okay. The handprint that the, in plaster that the kids have made for you. So number five, honor your father and your mother. So I grew up in a Christian home with a mother and father who were, you know, pretty good overall. Um, we didn't always agree on everything growing up, but um, they're good people and we have a really great relationship, um, which is why we're off on vacation together right now. Um, but I was thinking about that, a couple of things as I was talking to God about what did the people in the congregation need to hear today. One of them is that um, a lot of the people in the congregation no longer have a father or mother right? Um, they are the patriarch or the matriarch in their family. And so I want to talk a little bit about how this commandment doesn't need to be restricted to father and mother being um, just the people who provided us life, gave birth to us. Because realistically, there are many people who never had any children at all. And so as they age, should they be abandoned and neglected? No, of course not. God wants us to include all of our elders. All of, the, all of the people in our family need to be included into this relationship that we care for one another and we honor them. And uh, I got to thinking about a friend of mine, um, a woman who is uh, an immigrant from Fiji and she runs a, a caregiving business. And so I gave her a call and so we're gonna get to hear what my friend Sitiri has to share with us um, about 
her experience of honoring father and mother here in the United States and also what that means for people in Fiji when they hear that commandment. Welcome, Sue Terry. It's so good to see you. Thank you. So uh, you were talking with me, but we were really talking with the whole congregation here at Memorial United Methodist Church, and you got to meet them when we did the passing of the pastor ceremony back in 2010. Yes, yes, yes. It was such a great time to um, be in fellowship with my brothers and sisters at Clark. Yes, very good. So um, how long have you been um, in the caregiving business here in the United States? I have worked as a caregiver here in the United States for 20 years, and I have also established my agency uh, taking care of the elderly for the past 18 years. Wow. Okay. So, see, Terry, you were not giving, doing caregiving in Fiji, right? No, I wasn't. Right. So, when you came to the United States, you found an opportunity to um, be able to build a business here in that area, in that niche. So. Uh, what is the difference then between Fiji and how elders are cared for in Fiji and in the United States and how elders are cared for here that you would be able to start a business here but you weren't doing that back back in Fiji? Yeah, in, in Fiji, um, our elders are usually taken care of by their families when they get old until uh, the day they are called to go back. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Unlike in the United States, um, they, uh, here we have caregivers, and we have different facilities where the elderly um, stay and cared for uh, when they need the care. In Fiji, the, the funny thing is, in Fiji when you retire, people hardly have money. Fiji is an underdeveloped country. Uh, you hardly have money, even in the bank take care of you when you're old. Unlike in America, you have a lot of savings and investments that help you in retirement. I think it is the way, um, it is our lifestyle and it is a culture that uh, has existed in Fiji for many years. Children are obligated in Fiji to take care of their loved ones. More so in line with the, the commandment that they children have to respect their parents. Coupled with that, it is um, our custom that um, we are obliged to take care of our loved ones back home in Fiji when they are old and they cannot take care of themselves anymore. Okay. And so, um, just one more question then. Do you have a good relationship with your parents and, and are you able from far away then to continue to honor your parents? Yes, we do. Um, I know that a lot of Fijian caregivers who are here in the United States contribute a lot to their parents back home in Fiji. Mm -hmm. um, not only does that Fiji um, uh, benefit from a great um, exchange through mo uh, money that are uh, remitted across into the country, but also uh, the elderly care staff that are sent by caregivers from here to their parents in Fiji that they get to enjoy. Okay. Even crutches, um, okay. a walker or a wheelchair, it's, it's so uh, precious in Fiji. Okay. Uh, when I visited Fiji the last time, 
is it is something that is valued very greatly because they do not have the facilities that we have here, mm -hmm. let alone the equipment that the elderly need. Mm -hmm. So um, the the beautiful thing is with very little with very little uh, money that they have, they're able to survive and enjoy their life. Very good. Okay. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to let you get back to your busy day today. Thank you for taking time out to talk to us. Thank you very much, Kalitala. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Well, that was wonderful to hear a little bit about how different cultures understand, honor your father and your mother. We have many cultures represented in our congregation, and, um, and I think that um, we can even see in the lives in our congregation, we've had many people um, who have cared for their parents while they were elderly and took care of them, and still today have them parents living in their home and giving them care as they're aging. It's one way we honor our fathers and our mothers. Um, but there's also a whole different, a little bit different aspect with uh, cultures for, that are more communal. And the culture in the United States, we're becoming more individualistic and we're further away from each other. We're not necessarily close to family. And so that's part of the reason why it's important to belong to a congregation, a community of faith where we're there and we support and care for each other um, through all the ups and downs. And, and that's why um, I encourage people to be a belong to a congregation so that you're not living in isolation, but you're always part of a community of people who genuinely care about you and want the best for your life. Now then, another aspect I was thinking about with God is um, what if, uh, if you didn't have good parents? What if your parents actually were difficult people, maybe even were hurtful? How do you honor your mother and your father when your mother and your father maybe didn't deserve to be honored? Now for me, my mother and father are terrific. They're still terrific. I still have people come up to me and say, you know, I love your parents. And I always say, I do too, because they are really great people. But not everybody was that blessed. And I'm betting there's a lot of people in our congregation today who had parents who were really difficult. How do we honor our parents? Well, it reminded me of my good friend, Holly Tillman. And um, I asked Holly if she would share her testimony with us today. So let's check in with Holly now. So I'd like you to meet my good friend, Holly Tillman. We have done some amazing ministries together and I have had the joy of hearing Holly's testimony. And I asked her to share some with us about her experience with the fifth commandment to honor your father and your mother. And so Holly is currently pastoring with her husband, Tom in Burlingame, California. They just started that new appointment on July 1st, and we want to continue to lift them in prayer for a smooth transition and um, vital and meaningful ministry there. And I want to welcome you, Holly. It's so good to see you today and to uh, introduce you to Memorial United Methodist Church. Many of you remember Holly when she came and spoke with us when we had the men's and women's combined dinner. She spoke about prison ministry uh, last October. Welcome, Holly. So I, I did not grow up in a Christian home. That was your first question. Yeah. I was raised in a home that was very antagonistic towards Christians. Okay. And I believe what my father specifically shared, and he pointed out lots of hypocrites 
and I delighted in um, torpedoing, torpedoing people's faith until I was 26. And I went to a party up in the Berkeley Hills and thought my life was coming to an end. Mm -hmm. It was very terrifying. And I found myself bellowing out to God, which so surprised me mm -hmm. that I would do that. And in God's infinite mercy and grace, God revealed to me Jesus Christ, and his eyes were so filled with this immense divine love mm -hmm. that I knew he had to be divine. There's no way a human being could contain the enormity of the love that poured out of him. And I felt so stupid <laughs> because here I was condemning Christians, but I had never read the Bible mm -hmm. and didn't know much about Jesus Christ. So mm -hmm. I dove into the Bible and two years later, married Tom, became a pastor's wife, and then when I was 35, I became a, call, God called me into the Christian ministry, and it's been an adventure, as you well yeah. know, it's been very boring, um, I'm honored and um, privileged tremendously. Oh, so when I first read about, as a brand new Christian, 26 years of age, about honor your mother and father, I went, egads, how am I going to do that? And it was... Um, a challenge until reading that book um, the malignant self-love book um, and then I just said okay I will accept them however they are and look for the little slivers that I can appreciate about them um, a couple of years ago uh, God told me to clear my agenda without any explanation to take on no more um, no more retreats and just open up time wide open. And then I got the call from my mother's boyfriend that he could no longer take care of my mother. And he hadn't told me that she was having stage four cancer. And I didn't realize um, all that he was dealing with. And so I shared with my four sisters my mother's dilemma, and none of them would touch her with a 10-foot pole. I'm the only Christian in my family of five girls. And so I took a big gulp, and I realized I would be the one taking care of her. Mm -hmm. And that was something I had always dreaded, uh, because I, we didn't have a depth of relationship. And I, I didn't want to pretend. I didn't want to be resentful. I didn't want to be bitter. I didn't. I wanted to have a pure heart with this, but only was that going to happen with God's help. And so I clung to Christ daily, asking Him to pour His love through me. And I can say, eyeball to eyeball with you, by the grace of God, that happened. And I was in awe of God and in awe of what was pouring out of me because it wasn't me. And um, so we got into September, and March we knew the time was coming to a transition for her. And one day I spent all day long with her, and I was home, and I was lying on my bed, and I was exhausted, and God said, you need to go back to be with your mom. And I was surprised at that because why? She was, it looked like she would be uh, cocooning herself. She was so close to passing. But I went back and my mom was wide awake. Her eyes were wide open and she said, tell me about all the religions of the world. 
And this was about 8.30 at night. And I said, Mom, if I did, it might be all night. How about I share with you why Jesus is so important to me? And she said, that's what I really would like to hear. So I shared, and then my mom said, that's what I want. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I had never wanted to ever have my mom feel I was foisting anything on her. And so I said, how about I lead us in a prayer? And if I see something that's not right, or if you don't understand it, stop me. I want this to be you, Mom, not anything of me. She said, that's what I want. And so we did a simple prayer. And she went along, no questions, no stopping me. And she said, afterwards I said, Amen. She said, thank you. She said, I'm going to go to bed now. And she went to sleep. So the next morning, when I went to see my mom, her face was radiant. It was glowing. It, it was it was a huge wow. It was amazing. At 4 o'clock in the morning, I knew my mom was close to passing, and I did something that I saw another prisoner early do with her mom. I crawled into bed with my mom like spoons with head to head and feet to feet, and I just wrapped my arms around my mom, and she said, how wonderful, how wonderful. And she passed not farther long after that, but that last time was so, what a gift. So for, for your congregation, mm -hmm. never give up praying for a loved one. My mom was 87, almost 88 years of age. Mm -hmm. And here I was 26 before I became a Christian and such a fierce antagonist of Christianity. Mm -hmm. So I would offer that to your congregation. Never give up praying. Wow. What a powerful message of God's love and grace working in the life of an individual who opened her heart to try to truly follow what Jesus was asked us to do and allow the Holy Spirit to work through her. It, it truly brings into life what we say in our unison benediction every week, doesn't it? now to our God who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish far more abundantly than all we could ask or imagine. Now I'm thinking that some of you, you know, maybe you got some inspiration for how you can work with your parents and, and honor them in, in newer and deeper ways. But some of you might be saying, you know, I don't have any parents. This is good for other people, but I hope people will treat me that way or, you know, but the reality is, is that Almost everybody in this room today has somebody who, in their life who is really difficult, who has made their life difficult, who has been a great challenge, and maybe you find it hard to forgive them, much less honor them. And I think this testimony that we heard from Holly helps us to understand why it's so important to be open to the possibility of forgiving others because we ourselves now are liberated and we are more useful to God in bringing health and wholeness and peace into our lives. So honor your father and mother. Remember what the rest of the verse says, so that it will go well with you and that you will live long and prosper in your days. This is the blessing and the benediction 
that you received from that. Will you join me in a prayer? Loving God, we ask that you would pour out your blessings upon us as we seek to honor our parents, to honor our elders, to honor those, even those who have hurt us, to find ways to be instruments of your grace that we might be instruments of your transformation in our lives. God, we lift up to you today so many people whose lives are hurting and broken because of the damage that their mothers or their fathers have done to them. And we ask that you would bless us as a community of faith to be the surrogate mothers and fathers, that we might be your love in the lives of these persons. And that through our lives, your blessings might flow and touch them and their families. And we pray this in the name of Jesus and in the power of your Holy Spirit.